We've been working through the stories that shape us, and these are the stories that Jesus told, the parables that Jesus told to shape the people that he was leading and teaching. These stories are meant to teach us what God's kingdom is like and what it looks like for us to be true followers of Christ. And, and I just want to give you a little bit of con- confession this morning. I want to confess to you that when we plan sermon series and when we plan everything, things don't always work out exactly as we plan them or as we think they're going to. And, and as I've gotten into this series and we've looked at more and more of the parables, it's kind of blown my mind how many of these parables are talking about the same thing. They're talking about putting God first, living for God's kingdom, and not living for selfish means. And, and so as I've prepared and as I've thought through this, I've just thought, man, I feel like I'm saying the same things over and over again. But, but this is what Jesus taught. These are the stories that Jesus shared. So, so I've come to this place that I've realized that if, if Jesus thought it was this important to tell these stories and to say these same things, Maybe we need to hear it more than once. If Jesus is teaching it, it's okay with me to continue to to share it over and over. So the last two weeks, we've talked about the rich fool, a man who had an abundance of wealth and a great crop, and and he, he was tempted to make that his world. And he wasn't rich towards God, but he was rich toward himself. And he kicked back and he said, I've got everything I need, so so I'm good to go. And, and, and God says that man's a fool because we should be rich toward God. And then last week we talked about the rich man and Lazarus. And, and that story was a, a man who had everything and there's a beggar outside his gate. But that man was, was not fully surrendered and fully living for God's kingdom. And so he didn't even care for the person at his gate. And last week we talked about hell and Hades. And that's a, that's a tough topic This week, we're going to look at the opposite of that. We're going to look at a good thing, and that's the great banquet. That's that that our God loves us, and our God wants to invite us to the great banquet. So, So I want you to hear this story today, and I want you to understand. I want the focal point today not to be all the negative. I want the focal point to be the fact that God has something great for each and every one of us. All of us that raised our hand and said, God has been good to us, I want you to understand There is so much more. We can't even scratch the surface of who God is and what God wants to do for us. And so today we're going to look at the parable of the great banquet. We're looking at Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 15. It says this, when one of those at the table heard him say this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The, The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered to his servant, go out 
quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. So, so this Sunday, how many of you know what this Sunday is in the Christian calendar? This is Palm Sunday, right? And in Palm Sunday, we typically look at the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem. He's riding in on a donkey and people are waving palm branches and they're shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're, it's a celebration, it's a, it's a party. And, but, but we know the story, right? Within just a few days, those same people would turn on Jesus and would be the same ones that were yelling out, crucify him. And so what we see right there is that we, and, and let me just make this really personal for you again this week, you and I, I'll throw myself in there to not get in too much trouble, you and I are fickle people. We can in one moment think one thing, want one thing, celebrate one thing, and the next moment we can feel totally different. And we've been joking at our house that one of my sons, I'm not going to name which one, um, but one of my sons is, is easily a victim to um, advertisements. So like every day, there's some new advertisement that this son has seen, and he comes to us, and every day there's this new cool thing that we've got to get because the internet said it's great, Right? And so this week, like literally yesterday or the day before, this son comes up to me and he says, hey, I've got a great idea for a gift for mom. And I said, okay, what is it? He said, it's a new vacuum. You, you know which son it is now, don't you? <laughs> he said, it's a new vacuum. And I said, hold on just a second. Didn't mom just buy a new vacuum like two months ago? Yeah, but that one doesn't work. This one's the best. We... We're that way, aren't we? We are easily swayed by things. And, and what we usually talk about here on Palm Sunday, the people waving the branches and partying and saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, yet just days later, days later, their tone, their tune, their hearts were in a different place. I think we see a similar moment here that Jesus is speaking into. We see that Jesus is sitting at the table uh, of a prominent Pharisee's house. And he's gathered with all of these Pharisees and other people, and he's teaching them. So Pharisees, we've, we've, you, if you've heard the stories over the last several weeks, um, you know that Pharisees are typically people who are religious, they think highly of themselves, but they really love attention, they really love to, for, for other people to know that they're religious, to know that they're high up, they like status. And, and just earlier here, Jesus has been sitting with these Pharisees, and they're fighting over who gets to be at the, the top spot at the table. And, and so Jesus is teaching back, and he's trying to teach them humility, and he's trying to teach them how they should live. And, and all of a sudden, we have this guy that pipes up, and he says, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. So he makes this, this grand statement, and it's a true statement We don't know his intent. 
We don't know why he's saying it. Maybe he just felt uncomfortable. Maybe he wanted to establish himself as, hey, Jesus is kind of being hard on us. Maybe I should say something good. You ever had that real good thought that you wanted to share in class to impress everyone? And then you shared it and it wasn't that amazing? <laughs> and this guy shouts out, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus begins to tell this parable. Because see, Jesus knows that our hearts are fickle. Jesus knows that we are tempted, that it's easy for us to lose our focus. And while this guy is sitting here saying, oh, blessed is the one who sits at the feast, Jesus knows that in this man's heart and in many of these people's hearts, the most important thing in their life is not that feast. It's themselves, it's their power. It's that people respect them. It's their money. And so Jesus tells this parable. There's a certain man, and he throws a great banquet, a great banquet, and he invites a, a bunch of people, and he says, come to my great banquet. Now, let me explain something. In that day, the way that this worked was it, was, it wasn't like you would get an invitation with a certain time and a certain date on it. What, what would happen is you would be invited to this banquet on a certain day, but then what, what happened is when the banquet was ready, that's when the servant would be sent out to come and invite you to, to come on in. So you get the initial invitation. That could be weeks. That could be a long time ahead. But then when it's all ready, the servant comes and says, all right, it's time. Let's go. And so that's what we see here. And all of a sudden, these people who are invited to this great banquet, they start to make excuses, just a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to gather with a bunch of pastors from all over the country. And we do this like twice a year. And, and I don't know what it is, but like this, this was at Springdale. It was literally 15 minutes away from here. And I got to like the, the day of, and I started to think, you know what? I got a lot of work to do. You know what? I really, I, sh I haven't been home enough. You know, I... I I could probably use my time in a different way. And it's like every time something like this happens, it's easy for me to start coming up with excuses and talk myself out of going and being a part of something that every time is awesome and beneficial. And so, so these people start to come up with excuses. They've been invited to this great banquet. And we see three excuses. The first man. first man says, hey, I just, I bought a field. I just bought a field. I got to go see it. Does anyone else think that's a little bit ridiculous? Like, who buys a field without seeing it first? But this man says, hey, I just bought this field, and I need to take some time, and I need to go see it so I can't come to the great banquet. The second person says, hey, I've just, I bought these, these oxen. I've just bought these, the, the, the five yoke of oxen, and, and I, I need to go test them out. I need to try out. So like for us, that would be a new car or something. I need to go drive it or a new toy. This guy is, hey, I just got these new oxen, and I need to go test them out. I want to go play with my toys is basically what he's saying for those kids in here. Please excuse me. I'm going to miss the banquet, the great banquet, because I bought some oxen and I need to go check them out. The third person says, hey, I just got married. So please, excuse me, I can't come because I got to go spend time with my wife. Now listen, these are all good things, but, but these are not reasons to miss a great banquet. 
And so these three people come up with excuses and they say, they say, please let me out of it. Please don't hold it against me. But, but the master, the, the person throwing the banquet says, forget about that. If they've got excuses, they're not going to make it. Go get other people. Let's fill this place up. And so he sends out his servant. They bring more in, and the servant says, it's not full yet. And so, so the master says, go get more because I want this party to be full. So here's what I want us to do. That's, that's the parable. There is a great banquet. We're going to talk about who we are in this. There's a great banquet, and some people that were invited missed it because they had excuses, and others were invited and came and experienced it. I want us to talk through this parable now, and I want us to learn a little bit more about who God is and the choice that we have to make. So, so first off, who is God in this story? God is the man throwing the banquet. That's what this is all about. What Jesus is trying to teach us is that God has a great banquet for all of us, and we're invited See, our God is a God that loves to give. Our God is a God that loves to throw parties and, and have a banquet. And there is an eternal banquet that we have all been invited to. So, kids, I need your help. I know some of you are maybe drawing or something, but what is your favorite time of the year, kids? Say it out loud. Christmas? What else? What, what's your another favorite part? Any day? All right, so there's, there's two things that I love, and, and one of those is Christmas, and it's not because I like to get things. I, you, if you ask me what I want, I'm not going to tell you anything, but, but I love Christmas because I love to buy gifts for my kids. In our household, we're entering into uh, birthday time. Three of our kids are born, and the, uh, their birthdays fall in the next two weeks, and so this is one of my favorite times because I love my kids so much and I love to buy gifts for them. I could go buy gifts for my kids all day. I enjoy buying gifts for my kids. This is who God is. God enjoys giving gifts to his people. God has a great banquet and wants us all to have life to the fullest and God takes pleasure in giving to us, our God is a God who invites and a God who loves. Our God is a God who gives, and God is determined to have a full house at the great banquet, the eternal banquet. I want you to understand something today. A lot of gods in this world, other, other religions, other beliefs, a lot of the gods, it's about what you can do for them. Our God loves us so much, and he loves to give gifts to us. He loves to bless us, and so he says, I have a great gift for you, and it's a great banquet. So the man in the story, he invites the guests. Some don't show up. They make excuses, so he says, get some others in here. Come on, keep inviting. I want this place full. Our God loves us. Our God invites us into the banquet. And, and here's the best news. The man in the story, he has a limited capacity for guests. 
Our God has unlimited capacity. So literally every person on the face of the earth, our God loves and invites into the banquet. That's good news today. If you're sitting here, I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how much you think you deserve it or don't deserve it. God loves you and God invites you to a great banquet. God wants to give you good things. That's who our God is. You are invited. I want you to understand that today. Don't take that lightly. You are invited by the God that created all things into a great banquet, into the kingdom of God, into eternal life, to spend eternity together. You are invited. That's who God is. Now let's look at our place in the story. There's three guests, and they make excuses. See, we are invited to the banquet. We are the guests that have been invited. And what we're meant to see in this story is that some people will miss it because they're focused on the wrong things. So three people. Number one, the first, the first man says, I just bought some land. I, I just bought land. I got to go take care of that. And all of a sudden, the land that he's purchased becomes more important to him than coming to the banquet. Now, I want to make something clear here. Going to a banquet doesn't mean he's got to give up his land. <clears throat> going to a banquet doesn't mean that that land's not going away. It's just that that land has become more important to him than the banquet. The second person says, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I've got to go test them out. All of a sudden, the most important thing to that second person are the oxen that he's just bought. And they're more important than the banquet that's there. Once again, it's not that, that the, the person is saying, you got to get rid of those. It's just come to the banquet. But the oxen become more important. The third says, I just got married. I can't come. And listen, marriage, it's a good thing. It's created. It's ordained. It's instituted by God. Since I just got married, I can't come. And misses the banquet because that relationship is more important than the banquet. I think Jesus is trying to, to tell us something here. See, these are good people that have good things and end up missing the banquet because of the good things, because those good things become more important than the best thing, which is the banquet. See, it's not just the bad things that are gonna keep us from the great banquet. It's not just the bad things in life that will keep us from heaven. Good things, when they take the place, when they take precedence over God, can keep us out. Jesus is teaching us something really important. See, we tend to think, if I'm just good, if I'm not evil, if I don't hate, if I don't kill, if I don't steal, if I don't do those evil things, and I'm just a good person, then I'll be fine. But these people were good people that had good things, and they missed the banquet. What Jesus is teaching us here is that good things in life, gifts from God, can become idols that keep us from getting the best thing. And that's the great banquet. Um, so we talked about Christmas. We talked about giving gifts. 
There's something that happens in my house um, almost every Christmas, and, and it's, I'm gonna th- I'll tell you which kid I'm talking about now. It's Jack. It's our youngest. It seems like every year we, we load up all these presents. We buy way too many presents, and I'm excited because I know what the kids are getting. And all of a sudden, we start opening the presents, and Jack opens his first gift. And really, it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's not clothing. Jack opens that first gift, and what do you think Jack does? He says, Dad, can I go play with this toy? I'm done. I don't care about all that other stuff. Like, I just want to go play with this toy truck that you got me. Can you open it, and I'm going to go? And I'm like, no, Jack. Like, that's a good toy. I enjoyed buying it for you. But there's so much more here. But Jack can't get past this one truck. And so he says, no, Daddy. And and it becomes a fight. And I'm like, you don't understand, Jack. There's more here. How many of you give the best gift first? Anyone? All right, that's not how we operate. We give a small gift. So typically, Jack is opening this little gift that is not the best gift. And he gets so excited about it that he wants to leave and just focus on that. That's what's happening here. These people have good things, but they're becoming a problem. They want to get rid of everything else because they want this thing, these little things more than anything else. And I just think God is sitting there saying, you don't get it. There's a great banquet. There's so much more. Don't make the one thing, the good thing, the main thing. That's not what it is. And, and the craziest part of this is that the things that are going to keep People, what, what Jesus is saying is the things that are going to keep people from experience God's greatest gift, the great banquet, are things that are given by God. Think about that. If Jack opens that present and says, I'm good now, and I say, no, you don't understand. See, I know there's more. I've given him that gift. He doesn't know. God gives us so much. God gives us everything we have. God gives us our land. God gives us our lives, our possessions. God gives us our relationships. Without God, there would be no marriage. But these things become more important to us than God, and we miss God's best. Isn't it crazy to think that the God that created everything and gives us some good things that we would trade him for just temporary things. It's not just the bad things that'll keep us away. It's good things. And God tells us today, I believe God is saying today, I know there's more for you. Don't get tied up in the small things. So I wanna ask you a question. What are the things that could become idols? What are the things that could rob you? The good things that could rob you of the best thing, and that's the great banquet. That's eternity with our God, our creator, the one who loves us, the one who wants to give to us. We have a great banquet waiting for us. What are the things that get in the way? I'm gonna guess for some of us, it's, it's our wealth, it's our possessions, it's our cars, it's our jobs, it's those things, and, and we can get so tied up in those that we We feel like we can't give God everything because these are too valuable. Maybe it's relationships. We we see in the story that it's a marriage. I think one of the greatest idols of today 
and this is gonna sound bad, but it's not. One of the greatest idols today is the idol of family. Family's a good thing, it's a great thing. God gives us family, but far too many people call themselves followers of Christ, but they don't follow Jesus first, they follow trying to get their kids the best education or trying to get their kids on a sports team or trying to take care of their family. And they forget that the God that gave them the family is the one that's going to give them everything they need. And they trade it for something silly. We get so caught up in the possessions and the things, and guess what? They can be gone instantly on Monday. I went and picked Charlie up from the bus stop and we walked home and we started to hear screams and we turned around and saw the house next to the bus stop was on fire. It all burned almost instantly. It can be taken away so fast. And we trade the goodness of God and the great banquet for things that won't last. And, and here's the thing, Luke chapter 12, verse 31 Jesus says, but seek his kingdom first, and these things will be given to you as well. See, I told you God loves you. God loves to give to you. God wants you to have life to the fullest. And so if we're willing to put the main thing and keep it the main thing and live for the great banquet, guess what? This stuff, God's going to take care of us. But we can't make good things take the place of the greatest thing. It just won't work. And the real problem here is that people value other things more than they value the God that invites them to the great banquet. I told you earlier, you are all invited. You are all invited to this great banquet. Our God loves us. God loves you, and God wants you to have life to the fullest. God wants you to have life eternal, wants to invite you to the greatest party. Think of the greatest party you've ever been to. Share it with someone next to you. What's, what's the greatest party? What's the greatest moment you've ever had? What is that? I want you to know that that pales in comparison. That doesn't even scratch the surface of the great banquet that we're invited to. God has so much more for you today. Don't miss it because of little things, no matter how good they are. What Jesus is telling us today is that when the banquet is ready, there will be no room for our excuses. We are invited but we have to make sure that the great banquet that our God, that being a part of his kingdom, that surrendering our whole lives is the main thing. Anything else becomes an excuse that can keep us from God's best. See, the world wants to tell you that there's a lot of ways for you to be happy, that there's a lot of ways for you to have joy, that there's a lot of ways for you to have life. If you just acquire enough stuff, then you'll be okay, you'll be happy. If you just get to this place, if you get to this place in your career, you'll be okay, you'll be set. If, if your kids get into this school or if they're on this team, you're gonna be okay and none of that None of that can give you the joy you were created for. Only in Christ, only in Christ can we find life to the fullest. The world wants to tell you you've got lots of options. I'm here to tell you today you have one option. 
And that's to serve God with everything you have. And if you will do that, God's gonna give you so much more than you could ever imagine. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel. I'm not saying you're rich. I can tell you that in the worst times of my life, I've had more in Christ than I could ever have on my own. Don't miss the invitation to the great banquet. See, Jesus is speaking to a lot of religious people and they all probably thought, hey, we're good. This guy shouts out. He says, blessed is the man that gets to sit at the feast. And there's a lot of people today in our church, in our city, in our country, around the world that, that think, that think because they're good, they're going to be at the great banquet. Jesus says, nothing can become an excuse we have to be fully surrendered. The only way to make it to the great banquet is to make sure that nothing in your life is more important than Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. So today I want to ask you, um, as the worship team comes, I want to ask you to think about the things in your life. I, I mentioned some things earlier, possessions, wealth, family, position, whatever it is. I want you to think of those things, but, but, but as you think of those things, I want, I want you to know that you are invited to something so much greater. God loves you. God wants you to have life to the fullest, not just now, but for eternity. And so I want you to think of those things, and I just want you to surrender everything to God. If there's anything in your life that has, has taken your attention, if there's anything in life that's taken your heart away from worshiping God with everything, from fully surrendering, I want you to offer it to God as we sing. I want you to pray, Lord, take everything I have. Let me live for you. Don't let me give up after the first little good thing, but help me to seek you. The best gift that God gives us the best part of any party is what? The people you're with. The best gift God gives us is his presence in our life. Today I ask you, if there's anything that needs to be surrendered, surrender it to God. Pray, Lord, take everything. Help me to live completely for you. Lord, I'm sorry for the times that things that are not important, even if they're good, become too important in my life. Father, if there's anybody that's dealing with some stuff, if there's anybody that has things on their heart that have overtaken their love and their passion for you, I pray that we would surrender them now. More than anything, Lord, I pray that all of us would walk out of here living completely sold out, living completely for you. I thank you that you're a God that loves us. I thank you that you're a God that gives. I thank you that you're a God that takes pleasure in blessing your people. Help us not to miss it, Lord. Help us to live for your kingdom, for the great banquet. I pray that you would work in our hearts, work in our minds, Transform us now. Take our lives as offerings to you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your grace, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.